Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Joining you on a Friday morning. Glad that you have started your weekend off with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They've been with you throughout this entire crazy period of our lives, so you make sure you're staying with them the whole way. I assume you've been by today. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. On Thursday, I did not make it over. I oh! stuck with the uh, had, had the, close. the Keurig coffee at home, and it, it just makes you realize how darn good Strange Brew Coffee they, they, is. Really. They may close down. They, I mean, that's they budget for you. Huh. They expect Joel Coleman's business. I'll make up for it. You, you need to buy two coffees tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow evening. You'll be like, hey, Brian, what's going on? <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Flair used to hype up like that too, but it wasn't coffee, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, I'll be ripping off the shirt and elbow dropping it in the middle of the front yard, that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, 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 Dad, did you hear there's some guy walking around, there's strutting around the parking lot at Strange Brew in his boxer shorts, elbow <laughs> dropping the ground. Joel, I told you not to get two coffees. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll leave you with that image. Uh, <laughs> Shane Reed's out there trying, like Mean Gene, trying to like. <laughs> I'm coming tonight. <laughs> Woo! Uh, <coughs> collegecornerstore.com is where you can go. Try to calm it down on this one. But I shouldn't calm it down because it's such a great deal. Collegecornerstore.com. Buy a gift card there online and save 30%. A $100 gift card that you can use to pick anything you want out from the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in Central Mississippi, 30% off. Only a $70 purchase to get $100 worth of merchandise. You can't go wrong. So go to either one of their two locations today in Jackson, in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell or shop online at collegecornerstore.com. 30% off any gift card purchase. Advantage Business Systems wants to help you get through these uncertain times with your business working as efficiently for you as possible. Work smarter, not harder. That's what Advantage Business Systems brings to you. Call them today at 844-833-6245. I had a moment there. I had a senior moment. 6245. Or go online at absms.com and find out what 45 years of business of, of experience helping businesses in this state can get you find out how advantage business systems can help your business do business it is deep dive friday after three months we finally did some business finally this was a passion project to say the <laughs> least i've been wanting to do this one for a long time the 1999 msu football season in my opinion the second greatest season in msu history i put it ahead of the 41 sec championship team because I wasn't alive to see that, so I guess in my lifetime we'll say this is the second best season ever. Um, And in reality, when you get down to the brass tacks, if you uh, obviously going to number one, huge, right? Mm -hmm. But in totality, 
this season's a little bit better, in my opinion. Hot take me if you must. The Egg Bowl sways your the opinion egg bowl is heavily, doesn't it? Well, not only it? that, the team finished ranked higher. Yeah. They were 10-2. and two. You know, they finished the season. Yeah, they lost those two games, but they were just dominant for most of the year. And, and it's just more exciting. The games were exciting, the comebacks. And you like the – obviously, we talked about the 98 team yeah. a week ago. Play for the SEC championship. You, yeah. You still feel comfortable – I mean, I think this is a better team. Yeah, this is a better team. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, they just, but they just, I, you know, the I mean, that, and I, I feel bad not asking about getting hosed at Alabama or either one of our two interviews, which I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing. Um, you know, the whole did they the SEC really send a we 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 screwed up? Yeah, like that makes a difference, kind of thing. But yeah, for me, this is the season. It, just so enjoyable from start to finish, and I think part of it also is coming off of the '98 year. I had high expectations, and they delivered. Now, you as an MSU person know that's rare. Sometimes most of state's great seasons have sort of come out of nowhere. Even in 14, I thought they'd be good, but I never thought they'd be number one team in the nation. This was a season that going into it, I thought this team could be really, really good, and they were. And so there's just something about meeting expectations uh, for me. And I, my first memory of this season is this. Going to the, the Middle Tennessee State game. By the way, this is the first year I ever had uh, season tickets. So I had a seat. I didn't have to get there early and fight the fraternities or anything like that. East side. East side. Section T, I believe. I believe. Maybe not. Maybe maybe V. I don't remember. I was on the east side. Now it's numbers, I think, not letters. It is, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as much as you know, recruiting is what it is now, I still kept up with recruiting a good bit, as much as you could. You know, I bought the a copy of what, Super Preps and all that and, so I knew the guys. I knew the names. And the player I was most excited to see was Dorset Davis. And he did not disappoint. He walked out and I was just like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> like, I'd never seen a physical specimen like that, especially being low. I was, you know, we had see, Our seats were sort of low. So you, just, you saw how much bigger he was than players you knew were big. My first thought was, that's a guy who could scratch his knees without bending over. His arms were so long. I was just like, good luck. Good luck blocking that dude. And, of course, nobody really had a whole lot of luck. And, you know, they, they get off to a great start, 40-7 to over Middle Tennessee State. I think Middle Tennessee may have been an FCS school, but who cares at this point. And then the next week it sort of becomes the theme. And that's, you know, it's a close game. State didn't have to come back, but they did kick a field goal late to win the game against Memphis. And you're thinking, you know, defensively this team is really, really good. If they can figure out anything offensively, they're going to be fantastic. Uh, and I thought that they had. You know, the next week when they played Oklahoma State, and I thought what they figured out was just give the ball to Dante Walker, who this was his his first big appearance. That's another thing to remember is Dante Walker, it's difficult to state how big a deal Dante Walker was as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the number one player in the state by a large, large margin. And by that token, he was also one of the top players in the country. And depending on what publication you looked at, and this is – I think rivals existed at this time. I mean, Gene's page is just ebicom dot you know backslash swindle at this point. But depending on where you looked, he was either the number one or the number two running back in the country. You'd heard about Dante Walker for years over at Clinton High School, and he was coming to Mississippi State. And I mean, I remember his first carry. I remember the first time he came on the field, the crowd cheered, like they gave it a little extra, like oh god, Dante Walker's in the game. And you just felt like every time he touched the ball, he could score. The only other player I ever had that feeling with was Reggie Bush when he was a Saint. Now, he didn't do it much like Dante Walker. He didn't meet that. But I remember whenever Bush or whenever Dante Walker got the ball in the sweep, as soon as they would cut, I was like, gone, 
And, you know, they weren't always. But in this game, he rushed for, I think, 150, 160 yards. I mean, he was just dominant. I was like, oh, man, they're going to be tough to beat the rest of the year. Um, And, of course, this game is sort of the first time, and I I didn't ask one of our guests about it, but Matt Wyatt started this game. Uh, Wayne Mack and I, I don't know why he didn't start. Some sort of disciplinary issue. But Wyatt started, and they just played really well. It beat Oklahoma State, a team that had beaten them easily the year before, and that was where they had made the quarterback change. And now they beat them easily in Starkville, 29-11. to Um, And then they shut out South Carolina. South Carolina, that's a bad South Carolina. That's that's, that's Lou Holtz's first year, 0-11. Not a a good team, but you shut them out. Yeah. And then you have your first, you know, by the way, four home games – to start the season, all in September. I was at every one of these games. I don't remember them being so hot. I don't remember them being like that Southern game was last year at any point. Now, I want to say they played two of these games at uh, at night, the first two. But that Oklahoma State game was played early, and it was not sweltering hot. So I just want to point that out. But they got the first four. I mean, you start off 4-0 with four games at home, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then they went to, to Vanderbilt. And I remember this game for a, a number of reasons. Mainly that Vanderbilt, you know, had won. I, I forget who they had beat. Let me, let me I got the, the, the link right here. Vanderbilt had gotten off to a decent start for the first time in recorded history. Uh, they had lost a close one to Alabama. They had beaten Ole Miss. That's, I, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so, I got a little story. So, obviously, this is long before cell phones, you know, just tracking every score, right? So, people had the Walkmans and the little handheld radios, and they're listening to Ole Miss while we're in the game against Oklahoma State. And so, you know, somebody in every, at least one person in every section, I don't know if it was mandatory, <laughs> but somebody in every section had a radio, and they had it up to their ear, and they'd be like, it's third down. You know, something, they would give you the up, you just... It was almost like asking for a popcorn and peanuts. You just sort of like wave your hand and you'd be like, second and six. So we're just sitting there, and whatever happens in the Oklahoma State happens, game happens. And then I hear like a, a cheer behind me. I hear like a, a yelp. And we all turn around, and this guy's going nuts. And they lost. They lost. They lost to Vanderbilt. <laughs> that, was a good, that was good times. So – so anyway, they've they've Vandy's three and one coming into this game. Which, now, nowadays, you would get like an entire stadium cheer at once. I remember the the only other time I remember something like that happening was baseball. No, no, no. Okay. no that was that's a good example though. Uh, but 2010 when they lost to Jacksonville State. Yeah. And now this is where cell phones. I remember I had like an old school like flip phone, and I'm trying to refresh the ESPN Sports Zone, and I'm just like. And it's, it's not refreshing. I don't know what's happening. But then I hear people behind me cheering, and I turn around. And a buddy of mine, I could see his, into his skybox, and they're going crazy. And I'm like, they must have lost. Tell me they lost. How did they lose? And then it refreshed, and that's all they had lost. So, yeah. But na- nowadays, it's not even – it's just like, oh, they lost. Yeah. But th- back then, in 1999, you had to rely <laughs> on the guy with the, with the, with the Walkman. <laughs> You know, listening to David Kellum, I'm, I would pay money to hear that audio. Probably bring a big smile to my face. But so all Vanderbilt's three and one, and of course, I forget the kid's name. I think its last name was Yoder, who te- who said who starts talking about Fred Smoot and Mississippi State not being very smart. 
Because that's the guy to anger, right? Yeah. That's the guy I want to just make mad at me is Fred Smoot. State wins 42-14. to 14. Uh, Smoot, of course, after the game says, I would have let him catch a pass if he'd do my homework for me. Uh, my favorite part of this, and if you're like me, if you're a certain age, you own the VHS copy of the year of the comebacks. And to hear uh, Ashley Cooper, when he uh, just spiked, he, sp- he just, like Goldberg never speared anybody <laughs> as hard as Ashley Cooper got that guy. Is your J- the comebacks on YouTube? Yeah. Is it? I'll yeah. have to go back. It's, I've watched Jack, it before, Jack but it's Crystal, been a while. Ashley Cooper murders him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot of good memories happening right now. I'm excited. And then they go to Auburn. Yeah. And that's sort of where the year of the comebacks begin. And that's where we'll stop for just a second and uh, move on into our first interview brought to you by Welcome Home Beef. You may have seen my tweet earlier today. If you're not, you need to head over there uh, in the evening time, or I guess I think they're open during the afternoon now now. Food truck is open, and they have got some incredible stuff out there. And guess what? Guess what the main uh, the main item is? Meat, beef. Yeah, beef. Which is burgers. A meat. It is a meat. Philly cheesesteaks, steak tacos, or just get a steak. Think about how much a steak you pay for a steak dinner at a restaurant. I'm telling you, you can go to Welcome Home Beef, the food truck, and get a 14 ounce ribeye and a twice baked potato for 24 dollars. Guys, that's a, I mean, I'm not even bsing you. I'm not even like trying to sell you anything. That's you know that's a good deal. Uh, they've got plenty of great stuff out there. The meat, as you know, top notch, grain fed, locally sourced. It's the best of the best. And now they're going to be sitting there cooking it up for you. You really cannot go wrong. So why don't you swing by there today? Check out the food truck, or if you're looking to put something on the grill for yourself, just give them a call at six six two two six eight. 8148. Boom! I think I got it. I, I'm going to double check. I'm pretty sure I got it right, though. <laughs> <laughs> the last 10 minutes in my head, I've just been like, is that right? I think that's right. I got it! Yeah! Yeah. Told you. You make a promise, you deliver. Uh, not always. Uh, but anyway, or go to Facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef. Whether you're cooking it yourself or they're cooking it for you, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. Our first interview of the night. Mississippi State defensive back Robert Bean joins the show. So joining us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, I'm going to say this, and anybody who wants to get mad at me can do so. The best cornerback on the 1999 team, Robert Bean, joins us at this time. Robert, you and Fred Smoot, a couple of All-American talents there, and and you, what that, to me, made that 99 defense go more than anything else was that Team just could not throw the football on you effectively because you had those two, you and Smoot out there. What, what was that partnership like between you two? Well, me and Smoot, uh, we ended up becoming roommates and uh, Ashley Cooper at the same time. But, uh, yeah, me and Smoot, man, we uh, we had a connection because we both went junior college. Mm-hmm. We went to Hines, Mississippi. I went to Georgia Military Academy. And um, so we kind of came in, you know, feeling that, okay, we had a point to prove. You know, uh, he remembered me. I actually played against him in junior college. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, we uh, it, it all kind of went together with Jody Dunn defense and the speed we had at linebacker and defensive line, which made it easier for us, you know, to shut down on the corners on the end. So we uh, 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 held on to that. We worked hard at it and uh, tried to do the best we can and had fun doing it. When you talk about junior college, I mean, that whole defense had, had a ton of JUCO guys on it. You, you mentioned Smoot. Ashley Cooper was a JUCO guy. 
uh, Dorset Davis and Toby Galladay and Willie Blade. Yeah. What was there? Was there a certain you know like a fraternity amongst the junior college players on that team? I mean, it, it felt like it. It felt like it once we got there because it seemed like we all like you know, we all had a point to prove. This is where we wanted to be. If we was two years at another school, and you know, we was hoping we got there as freshmen, but we had to go another route. So, um, you know. Jackie Sherrill, he wanted you need a guy to come right in and play right away, and uh, you know that's what that's what was happening at the time. So um, you know we just all kind of clicked real good, and Jackie Sherrill, he's like a a player's coach. You know he yeah. understands what's going on, the morale of the team. Um, he let us have fun. Yeah. You know he let us have fun until you mess up, <laughs> and that's when they took away all the fun. You know you so, look at you look at this schedule. You look at the schedule. And, and, you know, had some close games. The game against Memphis was close. Uh, the, the game against, you know, South Carolina, 17 nothing, but it, it wasn't a blowout or anything like that. Right. It felt like this team didn't really get into trouble until that trip to Auburn uh, on the October the 9th where you had to – that was the first of, of all the comebacks that this team would become famous for. Just sort of talk right. us, you know, when it's 16-3, to what's the message on the sideline there? Uh, uh play for the fourth quarter. We play, we play, we play five quarters. Um, we're not worried about what happened already. We worry about what's going to happen next. You know, we uh, you know we just uh, 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 just play to the end. Every snap, one hundred and ten percent. Don't give up. We know that we can change the game. Within a snap, within a flash. So, you know, we down right now. That doesn't mean anything. We can come back and we can be ahead and we can win this game. So, we all understood that and we had fun doing it. So, you know, we uh, came out. And try to hit you right back in the mouth, even if we're down. So it was a tough game against Auburn. They were pretty good yeah. at the time. And, and, yeah, so. when, when I remember that game, you know, there's the, the state scores. I think you hit uh, Matt Wyatt hit Simone's in the corner of the end zone to make it. I, I guess mm-hmm. at that point it would have been 14 to 10. They haven't taken the safety yet. And oh, I'm sorry, no, no, okay. it would be it was 16 10. And uh, you know, there's a thought. Do you on side here? And I've, I've, the, the you know, you can sort of give us some clarity. There's always been the talk that Joe Lee told Jackie. Hey, we'll stop them. We'll get the ball back, and, and we'll just go from there. Is, is that was that a true conversation? Did he come to you guys and say, "Look, we we got to go three and out here. It, it can't be. It can't be a first down." Oh yeah, uh huh. That's true. Oh yeah. I mean, it just seemed like, you know, we could we could make a guarantee, you know, on our defense. That's just how, you know, we always just 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 click together. You know what I mean? We kind of knew that we could stop anybody out there. You know, all we had to do was go out there and execute. And with Jody Dunn's play calling, hey, he had the right calls, and we were going to make it happen. So, yeah. yes, sir. Uh, yes, yeah, sir. He can make that call. So you get the next two games. Beat LSU. Again, you have to come from behind. Kentucky, you have to come from behind and get the win. Then you have the two losses, and that will lead us into the game that everybody likes to talk about the most uh, with this season, and then that's the Egg Bowl. Again, now, oh, yeah. <laughs> you've, you know, at this point, you've come from behind three times in the fourth quarter to win. But at twenty to six, and the way that they had moved the football on the ground that night, was this the first? Was the mentality still there that hey, we're going to come back to win, or was there ever any doubt? It was no doubt. We still, we still felt like we were coming back to win. We still felt. I mean, Deuce McAllister, he was a beast that game. He was, he was running pretty good, pretty good. But we knew that we still was going to come back and win the game. You know, we just knew it. You know, we've been doing it all year. You know, we've been having a mentality every game. And uh, hey, things just worked out worked yeah. out perfectly for us. 
was it a surprise to you in this game that Matt Wyatt did not come in and that Wayne Mack and was left in the game to, to try to win it? Well, well, it it, it, it didn't surprise me. Uh, Wayne Mack was making some pretty good good plays. Yeah. Um, you know, once we started uh, connecting with our wide receivers and our running backs, running back, we started moving the ball. Yeah, we knew when we get the ball back from the defense, turn it right back, and uh, we knew that hey, keep him in if he's on fire. We can't not ask you about the play that's the most famous one in this game, and that's the interception that you kick up in the air to, to Eugene Clinton. Yes. Let's just start with this. You know, being at that game at that time, my thought process was Ole Miss is going to run the ball here, they're going to run the clock out, and they're going to go to overtime and see what happens. How surprised were you when you realized the ball was in the air? We knew that they were going to get the ball and run the clock out. Yeah. Okay, but on our defense, we're like, well, let's just play it safe. Jody Dunn said, y'all get back, play it safe, we're going to run the clock out. Okay, once we lined up on the field, I'm looking at the formation, I'm watching them, and I'm like, when they lined, lined up right before the snap, I looked at the receiver and I looked at Romero Miller, and I was like, I know he's not going to throw the ball. Yeah. I just knew he was going to throw Then they, I, I got back by 10 yards, but a little bit further back. They snapped it. My receiver was running full speed. I'm like, no, they're going to throw it. So first thing in my head is, okay, I'm trying to make the interception. Running back for a touchdown. That's my plan. And then once he released the ball up high and I saw it in the light, in the dark, I had to make sure that I was deeper than the receiver and I was able to make a play on it. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing to come in is when the ball was coming down, I jumped. And the old Miss receiver pulled my arm because he jumped at the same time. And as a kid, we always played uh, keep up playing basketball. When the ball comes off the rim and you want to tip it up and keep the ball up, mm-hmm. it's a game that we used to play as a kid. When the ball hit my hand, the ball kind of sat right in front of me. And when the guy pulled my arm down, the old Miss receiver, my leg flipped sideways, so I tried to kick it up in the air. I flew, I flew, I flew sideways perfectly to where yeah. I could kick the ball again in the air just to keep it up. And I was able to pat it with my foot real soft, not too hard, to try to kick it real hard. I patted it up real soft. And at the same time, Eugene Kenton was hustling to the ball mm-hmm. and he went right to his hand. You know that, you think, you know... And I, it- and I, was, I was looking back the whole time like... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's funny that, you know, you think as a DB you want to make the pick, but by kicking the ball you made a more famous play. People remember you more for kicking that ball up than if you had picked it off. I think when people think about this play, they think about you and not Eugene Clinton as, as the first thought. Right, yeah. I mean, you think, I mean he hustled to the ball, he yeah. did what he was supposed to do, but, you know, it was a split-second thing to where I just reacted off uh, a childhood uh, reaction. That's so, to, to quote Kirk Herbstreit, then, you did mean to kick that. Oh, yes, sir, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So, you know, my intent was to intercept it. Mm-hmm. Once I saw it hit my hands and it froze in the air for 0.2 seconds, I reacted and kicked it, patted it up shortly. I didn't try to kick it hard. I just tried to pat it up a little bit. I don't know how many times you've watched the replay of it. I may have watched it somewhere between one and 5,000 times. And <laughs> my two favorite parts, and we were just talking about it, is one – 
at the end of the play, John Hilliard absolutely destroys Ole Miss's tight end Adam Bettis on a, on a block. Yeah. He had no idea that Hilliard was coming. I thought I'm surprised he had any teeth left in his mouth. But my favorite yeah. part is, and I don't know if you've seen this, when the ball gets tipped up and Eugene catches it, there's an Ole Miss assistant coach in the background, and he goes to the ground like somebody shot him. Yeah, I mean, he just I he, he just collapses, and it's just it's really funny to watch in, in hindsight, I guess. So. And then Westerfield comes on the field. You know it's done at that point, right? Yes, done. Done. Yeah. I mean, I, ha- I ended up having a, I have a friend that uh, played at Ole Miss at the time. I mean, just Spearman. Mm-hmm. I mean, just Spearman. Yeah. And uh, I talked to him about that play all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the better of him on that day. When you think about this season and, and everything that happened and the way, you know, the, the legacy of that 99 team and the defense especially, what are, what are some of the thoughts that come to your mind? That was, that was a special team we had. We had a lot of uh, lot of good friends. A lot of guys were close. So good camaraderie, camaraderie in the locker room. Um, I mean, we all kind of we started off struggling. You know, a lot of us went to junior college. You know, we all came in and and we all gelled with Jackie Sherrill. Jackie Sherrill got our attention, and we loved Jackie Sherrill. You know, we loved the whole coaching staff. And um, I mean, it was just. It was amazing. It was an amazing season. It was, it was friendship. It was good football. We all understand the game to have fun. That's the only way to play is to have fun. Yeah. You got to always remember that. No, you're right. So, yeah. you know, it was it was awesome. It was just awesome. It was a lot of fun to watch, Robert. Appreciate your time tonight. It was. And uh, appreciate you coming back going down memory lane with us. We thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks to Robert. Appreciate his time. A lot of fun memories in that. That Auburn game was something else. You know, as I think I've told this story. You know, I have a I have a crippling fear of heights. I am not big on heights, and so when we get to Auburn and our tickets are in the upper deck, Brian's not a happy camper. So Brian goes and stands on the ramp. So you, if you've been to, to Jordan Hare, yeah. So you know they have the ramps in the corners of the end zone. Mm-hmm. I just stood there, and for whatever reason, that was okay. You know, I don't know. It was it, I was a good fifty feet lower, so that was enough for me. And uh, when they scored to make it, I guess sixteen to three, my group comes down. And they're they're ready to go, and me and another one, thank God, we're like, why don't we just we've stayed this far, let's just stick it out. Not everybody made that decision. Some people who run a very popular MSU message board bailed on this game. Oh, and you know, has has wasn't there when all the the fun times happened. And let me tell you, when when, when Matt Butler catches that football, I don't recall a whole lot of scenes like that. Because normally you're in, you're in the confine of your seat. Yeah. You can't really run around a lot. But you can on the ramp. <laughs> and grown men were running back and forth like it was Christmas Day. And it was just it was incredible. And, you know, at that point, I'm trying to think. I don't ever remember State having a comeback like that. You know, so it was really, it was like watching it. It really was like watching it for the first time. And, and just the way that it played out, that, you know, Auburn taking a safety, dumb. And then one play, and I've talked to one of my favorite pieces of content I've ever done on this network or any other was, uh, we did an interview with Matt Wyatt where we relived this game. And I was, we were lucky enough to have the audio of the game. So I was able to intersperse the audio with the interview. Yeah. The most underrated play in this game, 
to me. It's Auburn, you know, state state scores that make it uh I guess it would have been 14 to 10. Auburn, no, it's, it's not, I didn't always get this wrong. Auburn had six. So it's, it's 16 to 10. And Auburn uh, decides to take the safety. So that makes it 16 to 12. And they kick off. And Dave, Damon Duvall, you might remember him, fantastic kicker for Auburn. Really, really good. The Two years later, he would kick a, a field goal to beat Mississippi State at Auburn that I swear to God would have been good from 85 yards. He <laughs> shot it out of a cannon. So he just destroys the football, right? And Pig Prather catches it about the five. And you're thinking, that's what you want, right? You're going to pin us deep. and it's good. Prather takes the return all the way back to the 50. And if you ask Matt White, he'll tell you that, that changed everything because if you get the ball at the, the, the 20 – they know he can't throw it 80 yards. But by getting the ball at the 50, they're like, he can throw it 50 yards. We've yeah. got to be careful. And that sets up the play where Grendel runs underneath and they get the long completion. Yep. That changed everything. That play is so underrated. And then, of course, you know, you score and then, you know, you get the interception by Fred Smoot to, to wrap it up. And it was just an unbelievable situation. Yeah. You beat LSU the next week. And it's under, you know, sort of similar thing. LSU was back and forth in this game. And had a chance to win. Not a good LSU team. You know, and they had beaten MSU 41-6 the year before. But State gets to win 17-16. You know, Rod Gibson, people always say, you know, he didn't score. I have a theory on that. You want to hear my theory? Yes. When the official's arms go into the air, you scored. (laughs) Pre-replay, as soon as those arms are in the air, you have scored a touchdown. There is no talking yourself out of that. So, Rod Gibson scored a touchdown. Uh, 17-16. The next week, Thursday night game against Kentucky. Against a certain offensive coordinator. No, no, no. Leach would have been gone by then. He was at Oklahoma. Uh, but again, you know, you have to come from behind to win. Then you have, you know, the Alabama losses never really bothered me. I mean, Alabama was a good team that year. They were a good football team. It's tough to win there. The Arkansas game, State should have won that game. It's just simple as that. Yeah. And you know, they just they played really poorly in that game, and I'm pretty sure that either one of these two guys would tell you that. And that leads, of course, to the Egg Bowl. For your money, Joel, is this the most famous Egg Bowl win in MSU history? Yep. I mean, what else would you stack up there? Thirteen, but didn't have the 13, same stakes. Seven, oh seven. Seven. This past one. Yeah, but that, that's different. But it's For different. different. It's different. This was a really good game. You know, it's really kind of surprising. I guess because it, not like it was a close, close game, but it's really kind of surprising that the '98 game's not up there because I mean that essentially clinched the West. But it wasn't a good game. But it wasn't a good game. I'm talking about in terms of you know the the it, quality of the game. The other direction, I mean, not for Mississippi State fans, but not for you especially. '97 mm-hmm. uh, was a really good. I game. I will come across the table. <laughs> um, How dare you in this studio? <laughs> But 99's it. 99's for for a famous win, this is definitely the one yeah. uh, for me. So let's talk to the guy who was uh, at the helm for that one. Joining us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Wayne Madkin. And now the man himself on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Wayne Madkin, MSU quarterback and a good friend of mine, good friend of of, uh, of old Brian Haydad here. Wayne, it's been, it's been a while. Let's talk about this season in general because, you know, you think about the 98 year, which we talked about last week, and you, know, you took the starting job. About midway through, or a little bit, you know, midway through the season. There, you come into '99. You're the starting quarterback. You know, how how different was that off season for you? Well, it was. Well, first of all, I'm glad to glad for you guys to have me on here. Um, it was 
it was it was it was very different. You know, obviously, you know, the, the most popular guy on the team is the number two quarterback, <laughs> and and uh, you know, making that switch in the mid of '98 and then going to '99, being the guy. You know, you know, you're 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 pretty much the the the, the leader and the manager of the team. So, um, the preparation was extremely different. Um, at that time, as you imagine, I'm still a 17, 18 year old kid. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it was it was it was very uh, it was a lot of hard work, and it was it was a it was a shift of mind capacity on where you prepare for the games, particularly in the SEC. When you were practicing against this this defense, did you know then that hey, this is gonna, they're going to be really really tough this year? Well, I knew that when I first stepped on campus because, you know, I was my true freshman year. You know, I was over there. Uh, I did a couple of weeks of scout team, and those guys were flying around everywhere. And I knew we were going to be good when I first got on campus. But that following year, um, you know, I used to hate it because in practice it was very tough. Um, you know, you know, we went and we went. We went ahead of the number one defense every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much simple. You knew they were going to play man. You knew they were going to do a cover three, but you didn't know how it was coming or where it was coming from. And it put a lot of pressure on that quarterback to make a quick decision. And they, so. When we think about this season, obviously, we think about the comebacks. And we think about, you know, you coming out, Matt Wyatt coming in. What was your relationship like with Matt Wyatt? Well, we talking about ninety nine here or ninety nine, yeah. Yeah, so you know, obviously ninety nine was a what ninety nine was a uh yeah, but Matt was always the uh he was the class clown in the um in the um in the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Um you know, obviously he made a, he made a step in, in in the Auburn game when I broke my broke my um bone in my arm my right. my, my finger mm-hmm. and um um, he came, brought the team back for that. But you know, my relationship with, with Matt has always been um, cordial and very. I, I, I see Matt as a friend. Um, even when that transition was going on, um, he was the first one to congratulate me, the first one to uh, tell me a joke, and, and 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 at the same time, when we went out there, we was always competitive. Um, he always he helped me. He drove me. With that competition, he always drove me to 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 get the edge and 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 to and try to get better. So, you know, my I think the world of Matt, Matt um, and and the fact of how he humbled himself and became of of a, more, you know a, a a teacher and a mentor for a young Wayne Mackin during that time. When you think about the way college football is today, and you know now a guy gets pulled from a game and he's in the transfer portal. Probably, you know, still others still in the locker room. You know, are the days of got things like this where you have, you know, a good relationship between the starter and the backup, and if they change out, they just change out, and nobody's, you know, nobody's trying to step on each other's toes. Are those days gone from college football? Well, you, you never know. I mean, times have changed from twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, you know, again, the, you know, we had a different system. Um, who knows how it would have played back then, but the way it was then, it was all about the team, um, and and that's how you went about it. You know, if you had a, um, you know, obviously if I went down with an injury, 
you know, the next man up. That was the mentality of the whole system. Um, just the same as way when you know when Matt was, uh, you know, he he came in '98 as a starter, and a young freshman kid from Huntsville, Alabama, came in, and and uh, they made the switch uh, mid-year. I mean, during Oklahoma State game. So uh, the the last thing you can do is, you know, the biggest thing is for the team, and and any leader, you do what the, you do what's best for the team in order to to get the W. How, how does a team get a mentality like this '99 team have of no deficit is too great. We're going to come back to win. <clears throat> well, I think the first thing is preparation. With the uh, first thing is preparation throughout the week. Um, we did a we did a tremendous job of preparation and having that mind state of this is going to be four quarters. I mean, it's a heavyweight knockout fight. That's the way we look at it. It's going to be a heavyweight knockout fight. You know, you're going to get hit. You know, you're going to get knocked down. The question is, who's going to last that? the whole 10 rounds or 12 rounds or even in this particular case, four quarters. And that's how we knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to, you know, we knew they, they were going to make some plays. The way we played defense, they are going to give us some big plays. But we also were going to put that, ten, that, uh, that helmet in their chin as well and put a lot of pressure. And can that quarterback in that fourth quarter make that throw? Same thing with us I, on the offense side of the ball. You know, now it was three yards in a cloud of dust back, you know, back then, and now it's all spread it out. But, you know, we played for four quarters. We we tried to wear you down, uh, and we tried to make the plays when we and we did. But when it boiled down to it with this 99 team, you know, you, you never could leave your seat. You never could leave the stadium. Yeah. And because if you mess around and leave, you turn around, you, you miss one of the greatest games in Mississippi State history. We can't not talk about the 99 season and not talk about the 1999 Egg Bowl. Probably, in my opinion, maybe the most famous Egg Bowl of all time. Just Let's let's go to that fourth quarter, down 20-6. to six. I know that being in the stadium, most people were there expecting Matt White to come in. Was there a moment where Jackie Sherrill or Sparky Woods said something to you and said, we're, we're sticking with you, stay in the game, let's make a play and win the game? So, so let me just, you know, I don't really talk a lot, you know, because, you know, but Nobody's nobody's never even in ninety nine game never never uh, came to me and said hey we're going a different route right um, Coach Cheryl was always uh, you know Coach Cheryl he uh, doing put like this during that particular game there was there wasn't any type of conversation of somebody else coming in now I know <laughs> I know like I like say again people don't recall this but obviously I broke my finger in the Armin game right. And I left, and Matt came in and did an excellent job of bringing us back. We had an off week that following week. Uh, went to surgery, and uh, there was and during that, and um, I may be mistaken, but during that game, uh, the coaching staff there wasn't any particular um, doubt or even hint of uh, to me mm-hmm. personally that that was any type of change was going to happen. Matter of fact. You know, um, matter of fact, uh, um, uh, Coach Cheryl um, gave me an eye of confidence and said, go out there and make the play. Yeah. And uh, that's what happened. I think that, you know, everybody remembers the past to Sermones. The, 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 the drive before that where you get back into the game and make it 20-13, to 13, you ran, <laughs> y'all ran this play that Sparky Woods had this play in the playbook I think he may have run it four or five times. It may have been a touchdown every time. It was basically you faked two two separate screens and then flipped it back over the middle to Donald Lee. What was that play called, and what was, was that the play when it was in the huddle? You knew this was going to be a touchdown. 
Yeah, that was a first of all, I, I enjoyed that play. Uh, we called it Rocket, uh, Rocket Y Screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket stand for the running back. We, he, he fact like he gonna, we we gonna throw it to him as a, a, a jet pass to the right. Um, and then we had we also had a, a the fullback which was Justin right. Griffin. He was like he was blocking and he would he would rotate out. So we had two screen. We had a jet screen uh, to the right and we had a slow running fullback screen to the left. So we had that play. But then once we noticed in the film room. We had those. We were spreading them out in essence, and they they kept seeing it, and they was they knew we had that play to the right and that play to the left, but nobody was covering in the middle. So we called it uh, a rocket wide screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so every I enjoyed that play because it was always he was always open always because up. they would they would go to the right, they would go to the they would go to the left, and Dunley was pop open every time, and I really enjoyed that because. <clears throat> Those are really short, quick hitters that you can, you know, you can get the ball to a playmaker real quick and uh, easy completion. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah so it's quarterback's you know best friend right there. You score to make it twenty to thirteen. Give the ball back to Ole Miss. Defense gets a stop, and you're probably thinking, all right, we're going back on the field to win the game here. Pick Prather fumbles the punt. Well, what what are you thinking at that moment? Are you still? It's it's no big deal. We'll get another stop. Well, it's funny, you know, it's all about the culture and the character of your team. And our identity of a team was we, we, we knew there were going to be some ups and downs um, uh, uh, throughout that deal. Now, did we want that to happen? No. But the way that the culture of that team was and our defense or even our offense, hey, it's okay, we're going to make a play. So even though we, we didn't expect that, we saw that happening, we never got our head down. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 the way that team was built, it was built on reliability and, and steadiness. So uh, we knew we had the defense to, to, to make a play any given time. And I often showed, uh, my, I often showed uh, that we were able to make a play when we needed to. So we just stayed steady in the boat, and we stayed steady the whole way through. We fought our way back and made a play. So to answer your question, you know, we, uh, nobody had their head down. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, he's probably recall Pig, Pig was laughing. He was, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm going to leave that as that. Uh, but, you know, that was our mentality. Yeah. I mean, and um, people can say what they want to say about it, like, ew, they don't care. But that was the same ca- character that kept us in those games. Yeah. So I wouldn't trade those players we had for anybody in the world because if I was in a dogfight, those are guys I want to be in a fight with. So we come to the, the the big play for you. You roll out. You look down the field, and C.J. Simmons is as wide open as any human being could could ever be. What what goes through a quarterback's mind when he sees a guy that wide open? Well, you just make sure you make the throw. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you can see a guy that wide open, and you and you, and you throw a dirt ball, or you overthrow him. Um, so those are really the most those are the hardest throws to make. Uh, particularly in that particular situation, um, you know, my goal, you know, first of all, that that whole series, you know, I feel comfortable spreading it out. Yeah. You know, in high school, I was a, a, a four wide, five wide guy, and you know, it was comfortable during that time. And Ole Miss, you know, you know, I think, you know, even Coach Cutcliffe recruited me in high school. He knew what type of structure that I felt I was. I played better in personnel wise, um, and. You know, they didn't really do a lot of blitzing. They they 
they uh, they sat back and they respected the throw, and or they made it to the fact that like, let's see if he can make the throws. But uh, in that particular situation, <laughs> um, we had two we had two under routes called. We had a, a, a hitch and we had two corners on top. Uh, as you recall, we probably I made several throws to Kevin Love during that series, yeah. and Kevin was on the left hand side of that. So obviously, you know, the guy made he was he had the hot hand. He made two great catches. Um, my first look was to that left to Kevin to work that under that, that under and that over with him, um, and the ro- the defense flowed to it. Um, the problem about it is they gave me more time uh, to when he when he then when they overplayed that I had time to go back to my other under in the corner and CJ Chamones was uh, doing that corner to the right. Mm-hmm. He was wide open. Yeah. So um, it was a, it was more of a, of a head fake. You know, they were really leaning towards Kevin Love at that particular time. And uh, we I went through my, my entire um, uh, uh, progression, and it wasn't open, and I rolled back to the right, rolled to the right. There he was, sitting there with his hands wide open. Yeah. So my, my job then was to make sure I, <laughs> make sure I got it. When they... You know, you score, it's 20-all, you punt, you kick off, and Ole Miss has the ball. I just asked Robert Bean this question, I'll ask you. How surprised were you that Ole Miss threw the football there and didn't didn't play for overtime? Well, I think what it tells you, if you think about it, it tells you that they they maybe they didn't feel like they was, were going to be able to win it mm-hmm. in overtime. Uh, maybe they feel they lost the momentum. And, uh, and, and, and you know, you, you got a quarterback like Romero Miller, you know, um, you know, Romero, Romero got a great arm. Um, <laughs> I think they made that. They made the call. Um, do they probably wish they would have not called it? Maybe, but um, but you know, it, it was a it was a risk taking call, and nobody saw it. Yeah. I, I just thought they were going to down the down it or give it to Deuce and let the time run out. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a it was a it was a. Um, I ain't gonna say it was a. It wasn't a bad call. I think it was a. It was a. It was a high risk, high reward call that could have easily been. We're not talking right now, and somebody from Ole Miss could have been talking to to Ramiro Miller and like, what? Who made that? Instead of talking about the kid punt, you could have been talking about the the the, the second six. You yeah. know, throwing a you know throwing a touchdown with two seconds left. Yeah. You know, so. No, no, no question about that, and obviously it played out in, in your favor. Just looking back through this season and everything that happened, what, what's the memory that you always take away from it? Hmm. Well, the biggest thing is uh, for me is the um, you know you get the older you get to realize you know that you played in a really special time for Mississippi State. I was just talking to a um, another um, media outlet the other day and. You know, when we first, when I first got there, Mississippi State, we only, we only, we didn't, we had one side with a press box, and the other side was just, just, just that lower level. Yeah. Um. So walking into Mississippi State with that and no end zone stadium, stadium, being able by the time your sophomore junior year, you know, there, you know, we're we're growing and we're building the skybox up to up to the upper deck and having um, seats in the end zone. Being part of that, you know, that was a special time for Mississippi State. Now I know, you know, we had, uh, you know, uh, well, pre- previously a couple of years ago, we had a good run as well, being number one. Mm-hmm. That's that's top of the list as well. But in regards of the crossroads and the transition to Mississippi State football, uh, the '90s was was the um, 
with the Renaissance years. Yeah. State. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with you on that one, Wayne. Wayne Mackin, man, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. Thanks to Wayne for joining us. Appreciate that. Always good to talk to him. I hadn't talked to him in, in quite a while. Uh, it's good to catch up with uh, with him. It, it's incredible the, the the amount of legacy one game can make. But this game made legacies for Wayne Mackin, Robert Bean, Eugene Clinton, yep, uh, Scott Westerfield. Yep. Am I missing anybody? Yeah. CJ Simmons. Yeah. Five guys. Yeah. You know. And then he, he something he hit on, you know, what what are the legacies of, of David Cutcliffe and Romero Miller? And then I think I'm pretty sure the receiver was Maurice Flournoy for Ole Miss. By the way, I don't know if this ever gets talked about enough, but there may never be two better state and Ole Miss teams on the field than this game. Tuberville left Ole Miss a team that should have won the SEC. You look at that Ole Miss team, they were 8-4. and four. They lost to Vandy by three. Um, they lose to Alabama by six, to Georgia by three where Miller gets hurt, and to State by three. Yeah. They were really good. You know, Offensively, they obviously they had Deuce, but Joe Gunn was their leading rusher that year. They had uh, two offensive linemen who played in the NFL, Tuton Rays and Todd Wade. Uh, defensively, they had uh, uh, Derek Burgess, who played a long time with the Raiders. Ken Lucas, who played a long time. Ronnie Hurd was in the NFL. Eddie Strong was not an NFL guy, but was a good linebacker. For them. They had a ton of talent. And, of course, State, same thing. You know, so many NFL guys. Porkchop Womack offensively, Donald Lee. Uh, and then, you know, defensively, just the whole defense, basically. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were 20 NFL guys on the field that night, at least. <clears throat> I mean, that's saying something. I mean, Mario Hagan was a backup. Couldn't play. You know, Ellis Wims. People forget about him. Ellis Wims, the whole D-line, basically. Dorset Davis, Toby, Toby Galladay, Willie Blade, Ellis Wims, they all played in the NFL. You know? Smoot, Bean, played in the NFL. So, I mean, just just so many. I'm guys. thinking, like, from, from record standpoint, like the 14 game. But NFL talent doesn't match that. Not, not, it's, it's, it's got some, it's got some, it's close in some places. I mean, for State, uh, Dak, uh, Josh Robinson played in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, on the O line, I mean, Dylan Day has played, not the way that Rays and Wade played for Ole Miss, though, or the way Porkchop played for State. <coughs> um, I'm trying to think. Ole Miss, obviously, you know, Evan Ingram was on that team. Preston Smith was Preston, defensively. Yeah, Preston yeah. McKinney, Tavares uh, uh, Calhoun. Yeah, played in the NFL. I mean, yeah, a lot of guys, but. I mean, th- th- this two teams were, were stacked. And it was a really good football game and a lot of fun. The bowl game is almost an afterthought in this. State sort of gets screwed. And I, this is one of those things where I don't understand what bowl teams are thinking. I understand you think you're going to get more eyeballs with Georgia playing in the Outback Bowl. I get that. But you could have had the nation's top defense against Drew Brees. I mean, that's that's a, a matchup people want to see. Yeah, it seems like a, a good one. Yeah. Obviously, in today's setup, State would have been down in, uh, in Tampa. And people would not have had to boycott Outback Steakhouse all of those years. <laughs> Quick note, call me a bad bulldog if you want. I never boycotted. I, I, I had no problem eating at Outback. Um, but they just beat Clemson. I mean, it's 17-7. to 7. If they had played 12 quarters, I don't think Clemson was going to score more than 7 points. Uh, Josh Morgan lit up a couple of receivers. I don't know how they're, they're doing these days. 
Uh, Mackin rushes a touchdown. I mean, it's just just a dominant game for Mississippi State. They finished ten and two, ranked eleventh in the country. By the way, this is the uh, only time in the history of the state of Mississippi all three major schools finish in the top twenty-five. Yeah, State, Ole Miss, and Southern were all ranked that year. Okay, I, I want to go back for just a second. Okay, back to the Auburn game. Sure. Uh, I'm looking at the at the 2019 Mississippi State Media Guide, which is obviously the most recent edition. There Absolutely. is no 2021 yet. Not yet. Uh, we'll get that sometime in December. Was State down 16 to nothing to Auburn in that game? Because this media guide has them down 16 to nothing and calls it the largest deficit in the history Ooh, of the program. I, I to thought overcome. they were down. I don't think it was 16 to nothing. According to the Mississippi State Media Guide, they were. Now I don't know if. This is a correction that we need to bring to the attention of Mississippi State Media Relations. I'd be surprised if I can find a box score. Uh, but yeah, according to this, at some at one point, I, I don't remember them being down sixteen nothing. But according to this, they were, and it is the largest deficit overcome to Here win a game in school history. Unbelievable! There's a box score. Look at that! Wow. Uh it was sixteen to nothing. There you go. That that is the largest comeback in MSU history. There you go. <laughs> you want to play fun with box scores? I know you enjoy these. Yeah. Who do you think? St- how many total rushing yards do you think there were in this game between the two teams? Total rushing yards. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, two twenty-five. <laughs> no, way off. You're way off. Eighty-one. Wow. State rushed the ball twenty-three times for forty-two yards. Auburn rushes it 42 times for 39 yards. Their leading rusher on the day was, uh, I'm trying to remember what R. Williams, what his first name was. It might have been Ronnie. He had 15 for 41. But State just, I mean, they couldn't run the football. And, you know, of course, they, they did take a 17-yard loss on the safety. Yeah. But even then, it, take that out. It's 41 carries for 53 yards. Nobody ran the ball today. State threw for 320. Uh, on that day between Wyatt and uh, and Madkin. Uh, Am I the only one that thinks it's crazy that in 120-something, maybe more than years of they've never State come back ball, from 17 they've never come back from more than a 16-point deficit? It, it's one of those stats that sounds funny when you hear it, but I need to know more. Like, what's Alabama's biggest comeback? Yeah. You know? I think about Auburn. I mean, the comeback, they were down what? Was it 23 nothing? 23 or 24, yeah. yeah. But, I mean... The biggest comeback in college football history, to my knowledge, is still Miami Maryland, where Maryland was down like forty or like thirty-five nothing and won forty-eight forty-five. But those are rare. So yeah. I mean, yeah, without knowing somebody else's, I, I would need to know that. Yeah. So, what a fun year! Just, just, just so enjoyable. <laughs> I, I want to go down this list though. I, I, okay. I'm looking at it. So many of these are ninety-nine. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's see how many is on this list. One, two. They're down three, thirteen to Ole Miss. Six, seven, eight. It's 20, 15. There are 16 games on this list. Yeah. All 10-point or more comebacks. They were down 14 uh, to Ole Miss. Let's see. Auburn's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ole Miss is on there. Yeah, it's 20 to 6. Kentucky's on there. What was the score? Oh, how, how much were they down? Uh, 12. They were down 19-7. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, is I, LSU, guess there's, I guess there's just three of them on there. LSU, that game was close throughout. Uh, but yeah. Three yeah. of... Basically, twenty percent of what's the... funny about that is they're down they're down sixteen, right? 
but it was 16 to nothing. Yeah. It wasn't like they were down were 31 like to 15 or something <laughs> and had to score a lot of points to come back. They just had to score three times and yeah. won the game. So, yeah, this is a different era of college football, no doubt, but a fun one and a good one to look back on for sure. All right, guys, hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into the 1999 season. Don't know what I'm going to do next for a deep dive. We'll figure something out between now and then and get some folks on the horn and, and do those interviews. They're very enjoyable for me. I hope you guys enjoy them as well. Until next week, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Awesome! I came to, I came to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.